Welcome to episode 73 of White Heat, presented by Godzilla Media, sponsored by our friends over at Mohawk Honda in Scotia, Glenville, as well as Johnstone Supply in Troy. And we are recording on Monday, October 31st, so happy Halloween, motherfuckers. Um, yep, I'm, I'm waiting to see. What, what's this? Is this just something random? Is this a stock puppet? What we got going on here? So that's, supposed, that's a raccoon? What is that? What we got that's a ferret. Here? Oh, it's a <laughs> ferret? Okay. Hello, ferret. Is there a name for the ferret? John Gold Ferret. John Gold Ferret. All right. Yes. <laughs> uh, so those are on the visual side. You'll, 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 you see the, 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 the puppet that uh, Michelle Alexander has brought up to the screen. He's also a Transformer. Oh, he's a Transformer. Yeah, he's a were-ferret. A were ferret. Yes. Because mine. Because when the Halloween when the Halloween moon raises above, he transforms. Okay, I didn't know it was a ferret out of the Harry Potter novels, but okay, good to know. Um, that'll be. What, what the fuck is that? Ah! He transforms into a lizard. Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness! What's the hell way to start off the the show? Wow, <laughs> that's okay. Does it shed skin while it's out overnight? Oh, I shed more than skin. Almighty! <laughs> oh, <laughs> Oof! You're in rare form after sitting out the last couple nights. How are you, sir? Ugh, exhausted. Yeah, <laughs> bet you are. You and your your bonfires and your sitting guard or whatever the hell you were doing but yeah keeping an eye out for vandals that's that would be good that's reason why to i do it out. that'd be good reason to sit out and do you have to do it again tonight or yep mm, lovely and then i will sleep the next two days <clears throat> literally <laughs> like don't make me move wife <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get into it uh so yeah some interesting stuff we need to catch up on. Um, but let's start with New Japan real quick. Oh, I didn't upload the picture. Uh, the TV title bracket updated. Mm-hmm. So, damn it. I don't know if it's... No, let, let, me, let, let me try to send myself the TV title tournament update uh, so that the visual side can see what it looks like now. And then, um, while I'm doing that, I can... We can break down New York City. Yeah. Um, Friday night. So, uh, Friday night was down in the Palladium Times Square, in which we saw uh, we featured a title. We had a title change. We had the return of Clark Connors to entering action, um, and then we had a, <clears throat> an interesting main event. Um. So. Let's get right into it as far as the results are concerned. Beginning with uh, pre-show, they just had a random uh, women's tag match. Kylie Ray was involved in it. She got the pinfall victory in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, main show, it was a battle of chaos versus Bullet Club. Yujiro Takahashi getting the pin for him and show, uh, beating Rocky Romero and Yo. And then the strong openweight championship, Fred Rosser, uh, had a, success, a successful defense, excuse me, uh, against Jonathan Gresham. Yeah. Um, 
I don't remember. I don't think. I don't know. Was I don't think Gresham was pre-announced for that, by the way. Yeah, he was. Because I remember oh, I going okay. in. I was. Yeah, because uh, I was. Yeah, that was one of the things. After I saw that he worked the GCW show, I saw that he was booked on. That's the wrong graphic. I saw that he yeah, was booked on the um the 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 the, uh, the Times Square show. Gotcha. 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 Um. So, uh, moving on in the show, then we had the openweight tag titles, the strong openweight tag titles, and uh, in their fourth defense, Aussie Open lost, but was not part of the decision, as was a triple threat match. <clears throat> um, so, Chris Saban got the pinfall in the victory for the machine, Motor City Machine Guns, pinning Kevin Knight. Uh, so, the Motor City Machine Guns are now the second strong openweight tag team champions in the, the title's history. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aussie Open, the, the champs coming in, like I mentioned, didn't Factor in the, the decision, so one would assume they'll get a rematch somewhere. But yada yada. Correct. Uh, six-man tag action: Shota Umino got the pinfall on Joral Nelson. Uh, the teams for that were Homicide, Wheeler Yuta, and Shota against Filthy Tom Waller, Royce Isaacs, and Jarrell Nelson. Mm-hmm. Uh, then in singles action, the return of Clark Connors. Unfortunately, he would end up losing in fifteen fifty to Minoru Suzuki. Uh, and Ken Shamrock came to ringside with Clark Connors. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And then after the match, Shamrock and Minoru Suzuki had a nice little hug in the middle of the ring, which was Aww. random. And I guess two hard. angry grandpas hugging it out. Essentially. Uh, then we had the SWA World Championship defended, um, which I now that I'm ninety percent sure was not pre-announced. No. Um, Miami Watani retained against Kylan King in eleven forty-seven. Uh, the KOPW trophy thing that was in a, I want to say it was a New York City street, but I believe was the yeah situation. Uh-huh. Uh, Shingo retained over El Phantasmo in 21 minutes. And then the main event, uh, Bullet Club defeats Chaos as Jay White gets the pinfall on Eddie Kingston. I mean, I don't, I don't think Eddie's really part of Chaos, but. I don't know. Uh, who the fuck uh, knows nowadays? Uh, that was in 2015. Uh, so Okada did not factor into the loss, uh, the decision for the loss, but took the loss anyways. And mm-hmm. Jay White's partner was Jay was Juice Robinson. And then obviously Jay White doing his best healing it up, um, you know, mouthing off at Okada after the sh- after the show. Right. Just to keep piping up Wrestle Kingdom. Of course. Uh, and speaking of those two, uh, they did announce during the show. The first big New Japan event that will be occurring in 2023 mm-hmm. on U.S. territory. Battle in the Valley. They're going back to San Jose, California. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry for the graphic on the visual side being a little blurry there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's going to be Saturday, February the 18th. So that's going to be, I think in sports terms, that's either the week after or two weeks after the Super Bowl. Don't know. Doesn't yeah. really factor in. Yeah. Um, but basically, essentially, uh, what's usually a pretty so quote unquote dead period in U.S. wrestling, because AEW doesn't usually run a big show that month. Yeah. Um, WWE currently, I don't believe has no, because the Rumble's in January. Yeah, because I don't think I think when we last talked, there wasn't any discussion of them. Right, I think the plan is. I think the plan is to only have one stopgap show in between the Rumble and Mania instead of one a month. Uh, actually, I I'm wrong. That same night, they are running a lim- as of right now. The plan is they are running Elimination Chamber. 
that same night, but it's all the way over in Montreal, so it's not even in the same country. Um, Interesting. But I could, you know, you know, yeah. I mean, it's on Peacock, so people always go back and watch it. They go to the show in San Jose, so I don't think it's really that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, but anywho, so that's the that's the announcement they had during the weekend, and then finally, like I mentioned, update to the TV title tournament. Um, I will show the graphic because uh, this is my manual updating, and uh, I'm sure you all appreciate the nice little hash marks. And, and <laughs> But let me try to explain this as best as I can because uh, these updates came from shows that took place last Wednesday and Thursday. So, far bottom right side of the graphic were the final two uh, opening round matches in the tournament. They had Ren Narita go over on Tomohiro Ishii and then Toro Yano go over on Great Okan in those two opening round matches. Jesus! Then, in the, then they had a pair of quarterfinal matches on Thursday in which Zack Sabre Jr. defeated David Finley and Evil defeated Yoshihashi. Um, now, apparently, and I'm going to try to pull this up real quick on the fly. I just noticed by showing that graphic, they had two other, the other two quarterfinals last night, so bear with me. Here we go. Okay. So, going back to it. So, in the other quarterfinals, Sonata defeated Kenta, and Ren Narita defeated Toro Yano. Okay. So, on November the 5th, which is this coming Saturday, mm -hmm. semifinal number one will be Zack Sabre Jr. against Evil. Semifinal number two will be Sonata versus Ren Narita. The two winners meeting at Wrestle King to crown the first ever New Japan television champion. You still think it's not going to be Sonata, like I said, or are you going to just... Uh... I don't know. Might be might be Ren Narita. We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. I just think the, the whole left side of the bracket just went to shit. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know what... I don't know what... what why? Like, why? Like... Fucking why? Yeah. Um, but I can't believe they put Toriano over Great Okan. Listen, I I got nothing for you. <laughs> I got nothing for you on that one. Um, it is what it is. Um, I'm going to try to remember where these semifinals are going to be. Where are they going to be? I know it's obviously the fifth. I'm just trying to remember where the show is going to be. Uh, it is going to be in Osaka. Osaka is November 5th. Um, it's also going to have a junior heavyweight tag title match that night as Teton and Bushi will challenge Akira and TJP. Uh -huh. uh, let's see what else. Otherwise, nothing really. It's also going to be Master Wado and Ishimori against Takahashi and El Desperado. Tamatanga and Okada teaming. To face Kenta and Jay White. And then apparently, now let's not go crazy. Mm -hmm. Apparently, FTR is going to defend their titles this Saturday night in Osaka. Huh? They're going to defend them against Great Okan and Jeff Cobb, who 
Who, who they beat they, for him. Yeah, I'm about to say, that's who they beat for the titles. United and Empire. Then, yeah. And then, wow, this is a loaded card, actually. The main event, uh, U.S. title being defended, Will Ospreay defending against Naito. That's actually a pretty stacked card yeah. for this weekend. So, you know something? I'm willing to bet that uh, FTR is about to drop those belts. Probably. Because they already set them up for the loss. It's only their second defense in how long have they had the damn belts? Like Since May. Yeah, so... And the thing is, with what happened on Rampage, I could see them very much, you know, they're on the losing streak, so this way you can have them... You know, they, they had a loss on American TV, so now they can lose the IWGP belts, and then, because the New Japan stuff is going to go away again for a while with AEW, so... Yeah, that yep. makes sense. They can be gone. Yeah. Big old. All right. What are you shaking? A shake? Oh, water. You're putting flavor in your water? Yes. Mm, lovely. Okay. All right. So let's move on to Impact. Uh, let's dive into that. Uh, pre-show. They put one of their X Division title tournament matches in the pre-show. <laughs> like... We, I got nothing. What are we doing? You're, they're going to tell me that match is less important. Let me just find another random match on the card from the actual show itself. <laughs> You're going to tell me that that's less important than... Uh, I guess it's her debut, so I guess I can't fault that. Um, What other match could I... Hey, really? We're doing Chris Bay versus Tommy Dreamer over the first round of your X Division title tournament? Like, that's what we're doing on your TV? We're doing that? Mm -hmm. uh, Matt Cardona versus Alex Shelley? Like, I mean, I get that they're trying to work towards the tag title match you're eventually having, but what the fuck are we doing? Oh, here we go. Raj Singh versus Joe Hendry. I'm sure everybody was clamoring for that match <laughs> over the opening round of your X Division tournament. There's our winner. We got it. Ring the bell. God damn it. Anyways, uh, in that pre-show match, Black Taurus defeated Laredo Kid to advance to the semifinals. Where he'll take on the winner of the Uemura PJ Black match. Uh, and then they had their second X Division opening round match um, to open the show after, because this was really fucking necessary after what's happened the last two weeks. Apparently, they, they felt the need to do a segment to open the show where Scott Demore fired David and Bennett. Well, yeah, because, you know, they're not there. Okay. They didn't do that shit with, uh, who they take the belts off of again? Oh, fucking Good Brothers, right? Yeah. Whatever. Fuck him. Whatever. <laughs> then the other opening round match, the second opening round match, uh, Trey Miguel beat Alan Angels, and he moves on to face of the eventual winner of uh, Kenny King versus Speedball Mike Bailey. So it's going to be Trey Miguel versus Mike Bailey. Mm, maybe. We'll see. Uh, then we get uh, Ace Austin, Chris Bay accusing Bully Ray taking out Ace Austin in the park lot last week. Bully continues to deny that. Blah, blah, blah. Um, 
Then uh, VXT and Giselle Shaw vow to win the six-woman main tag team main event later in the night so that they can have Mickey James retire. You can probably tell you, I guess, who won that match later on, but I'll get to it. Um, then they had the debut of... I don't know if it's Rachel or Rochelle, the way it's spelt. Rachel Sheel? No clue. I, I don't know either. Um, but she... Beat uh, Tasha Steeles by DQ once uh, Savannah Evans got involved in the match. How you could? My debut and win by DQ their first match. I don't know. Yeah, like what? You realize who we're talking about, right? Still, like that's some indie-rific shit. I mean. They could have appeared as a random challenger for an open challenge they didn't deserve to be in and lose it. We'll get to that later. And um, I'm saying. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, then Heath and Rhino are backstage with their new tag team titles, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, so they, oh, they tell the machine guns they're willing to give them the title shots, um, a shot the titles. But then um, Cardona and Myers say they want the same opportunity. So then Demore makes a match between Shelly and Cardona. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Chris Bay versus Tommy Dreamer. Chris Bay actually wins. Wow. I'm stunned. Um, during the match, Moose confronted Bully Ray. Um, after Bully Ray apparently suggested Moose is the one that laid out Ace Austin last week. Um, then Aussie Open is backstage and they issue an open challenge to any tag team who thinks they have what it takes to take them on and they were introduced as the New Japan Strong Tag Champs so we'll see whoopsie Um, then we get a promo backstage Bully with Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer Bully's pissed because apparently nobody in Impact Wrestling trusts him gee I wonder why uh, then Cardona beats Alex Shelley um, after Myers hits Shelley with the digital media title behind the referee's back. Cardona rolls him up for the three. So the uh, major players get a shot at the tag titles. Then we got... What else? What else? What else? Then we get a random... Let's see here. And we got a random segment where apparently Frankie Kazarian and Josh Alexander agree to be partners next week to answer the challenge of Aussie Open. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Uh, Joe Henry beats Raj Singh. Because, you know, reasons it's going to happen. Um, Eric Young speaking to somebody that, uh, that they can't figure out who it is. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it looks like, is this for next week? Eric Young against Sammy Callahan? I don't know. I can't tell. I think it is. Uh, then Eddie Edwards does a sit-down interview, asks about the status of Honor No More. Group is disbanded. No shit. Um, and then he talks some crap about PCO, basically. Okay. All right. So, so we're going to get an Eddie Edwards PCO feud out of this. Basically. Boy. Um, then your six... 
woman main event, six knockout main event, whatever you want to call it. Uh, knockouts champ Jordan Grace, Taylor Wilde, and Mickey James defeated VXT and Giselle Shaw. Mm-hmm. After Taylor Wilde, uh, Wilde Spears Perrazzo, Mickey, DDT's Chelsea Green, and Mickey gets the pinfall victory for the team. Let's see if anything happens at the end. Nope, they just sobered to go off the air. Uh, preview for this coming Thursday show includes the two, the final, the, the other two X Division tournament uh, quarterfinal matches: King versus Bailey, Ewan Moore versus Black, as well as Aussie opening against Frankie Kazarian and Josh Alexander, and Eric Young against Sammy Callahan. Those are the four pre-announced matches for the show coming up this Thursday. Um, so Chelsea Green taking that pin is probably her swan song. Probably. <laughs> not a fan. I totally, I totally, not a fan at all. Totally forgot that was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not a fan. Well, do you expect her to make a big impact? No pun intended where she's going. No, but still, like, why even give her a chance? You know what? Fuck it. Let's let me just bring it up. Uh, for those of you who may have been living under a rock the last week, uh, apparently Chelsea Green is signing to WWE. Now, do we know she's going to immediately be main roster, or is she? I'm pretty sure PC? she's going to go to NXT. Okay. Which, um, which at the same time, like, I mean, because she obviously needs to learn to work WWE style and needs to learn to work. Period. Um, like. There's still like a bunch of British girls that they haven't brought over yet. And here they are signing Chelsea Green. Mm-hmm. Like you're taking Chelsea Green over Ginny and Zaya Brookside and Isla Dawn. Like, bruh. Are we, st- are we still hundred? Are we hundred percent sure though, that she's going to end up being on NXT and not the main roster. She's got to be, cause she's got to learn WWE style. Like she, she needs to be smartened up. And here's the other part of it. When she, the last time she was under WWE contract, she was crazy injury prone. Yeah. Which is why they're going to send her to NXT to make sure that she doesn't keep hurting herself. I just. But the, the other the, thing the is. Signing like, itself just kind of baffles me. Beyond right. Just, right. Plus, it's like, you know, she's going to be lobbying the whole fucking time for her husband to get signed again. And it's just like, no. Why? Nobody wants Cardona back. Uh, well, I, I, I have nothing. I have nothing. Um, and then obviously, if she lobbies for him, then you know who he's going to lobby for as well. Hawkins, right? So I don't know. It's, I don't. Know, it, it's an odd signing. I'll say that much. It's a very odd signing. Um, doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Um, as far as what we th- would think they're trying to build over in WWE and NXT. All right. Um, but again, you know, obviously this is all wait and see as far as what happens, what comes of it. So yeah, we'll go from there. Um, all right. So before we get into our, our lovely, lovely time with AEW and Ring of Honor. <clears throat> Obviously, that was meant as a joke, so I appreciate your, your slight giggle there, JJ. Let me just remind you about something that's more reliable than the creative process over at AEW, and that <laughs> would be being able to get a dependable vehicle from Mohawk Honda over in Scotia, Glenville. Yes, 
The seasons continue to change as obviously the chill is in the air. We're getting through the fall and now closer and closer towards the holiday season, which means winter is coming. But the one constant is a quality buying experience and selling experience over at Mohawk Connor. We'll be treated with a smile and respect and given a fair value for your trade. And new vehicle inventory is continuing to ramp up at Mohawk Honda, including pilots, passports, ridgelines, CRVs, and everything. Everything? Everything. everything. Uh, remember, also, it's the best time to sell your vehicle as well, as Mohawk Honda does buy cars, and in some cases are able to sell it for more than you paid for it. If you recall, the Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offers have been going on throughout the year. They are still giving you the best bang for your buck even today. Just another advantage you get from the number one volume dealer in the Capital Region, led by General Manager Greg Johnson. Visit him and their great team of sales consultants that's going to be willing and able to get you through the buying and selling process. And don't forget to say hi to Scott Moynihan, who's returned to Mohawk Honda with his 30-plus years of automotive experience. Say hi, give him a hug, say Godzilla Media sent you, and he'll give you a hug back. Hopefully, I don't know. Maybe I guess that's how it works. Um, yeah. So go somewhere that's going to make sure they take care of you within your budget and your lifestyle over at Mohawk Honda, Freeman's Bridge Road in Scotia, where they always go out of their way to please you. Grab your torch and pitchforks. It's time for AEW. I don't know what that accent was. Don't ask. I have no idea. I was just, just <laughs> I was just, I was free balling the whole thing. Um, Shocked to say, you openly admitted to me before we started recording the show. You watched Dynamite not once, but twice. For the most part, because I so I started watching it here, and I hit the DVR because I had to. Uh, because it's Wednesday and it's American Horror Story season. When that happens, we go uh, over to Shell's house so she can watch it without being alone. Uh, so we go to Shell's, and I so I caught like the beginning and the end of Rampage, or not Rampage, the beginning and the end of Dynamite between here and Shell's. And then I went back this morning to fill in the gaps and I basically rewatched a couple of other segments. So you're trying to say you're, you're the protector, you're the protector for shell. So she don't get scared. Oh yeah. Aww, That's the way aww. it's been since uh, season three, aww. season four, season four. That's adorable. Aw. You are a ted you are a teddy bear. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> Anyways, I'll stop being an asshole and just move on. Uh Dynamite Live from the Chartway Arena in Norfolk, Virginia. I'm assuming that's the new name for the scope. No, I thought it was a different arena than the scope. Oh, it's a totally different arena for the scope? I so thought the so. scope still exists. Hold on. Hold I on. I thought the Norfolk scope still existed. I'll, I'll double check. I don't know. Oh, because they did. They did the scope a few a few months ago. Some bitch, you're right. Yeah. All right, I I stand corrected. Fuck me. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll step back. <laughs> Anyways, we go to the Chartway Arena. <sighs> we open with fuck. Judas, I suppose. Uh-huh. I, I would assume that's the music that came out to because he's in the match. It was the Make-A-Wish tag team match. The, the what? Make-A-Wish? Why? Yeah, because huh? you had the two you had the two veterans in there with the two children that they're trying to push. Well, that, Garcia and Uter are like the Make-A-Wish kids that are that are that get you get to have a ta- you get to have a tag match with your favorite wrestler. They're not disabled, fucking asshole. God. You're an asshole. <laughs> Anyways, 
So it's Garcia and the Ring of Honor World Champ Jericho, uh, well, pure champion and the world champ, actually, uh-huh. against Claudio and Wheeler. Uh, eventually, Yuta and Claudio get the win. Uh, yeah. After the so whole thing where they, they, so they did the bit where, okay, making things believable is not in the AEW wheelhouse. No, you don't say. We all know Claudio is cockstrong, but you don't do dumb shit like have him set up, have him set up Jericho for the big swing and have Garcia run in and jump on his back. So then he's doing the big swing with an airplane spin at the same time on both of them. Like it just looks dumb. It doesn't look believable. That is kind of dumb. It does. Like, it's like, yeah, we get it. Yo, Claudio's strong, but also Garcia weighs what a buck 50. Like, yay. I could do that. Uh, have you met your legs? Yeah. They're titanium now. I know I could do it. <laughs> you... My quads are strong. Are you able to walk? Almost. Let's let's work on the walking first, then we'll get to the airplane spinning. <laughs> Fucking guy. Anyways. Right, but that's all that's all upper body strength, the airplane spin. Sure. So after the match, we get Brian Danielson being interviewed yeah. in the back by Renee. Yeah, so they they literally they tried to do like a they tried to do like an even flow through the whole thing because they did the whole so the finish came with the, them throwing a bat into the ring for Jericho to use and Claudio fucking kicks it out. And so Claudio, when Claudio gets the win, the whole, like they go, they walk to the back, they're interviewing, they're interviewing Danielson in the back, like right behind like the, the tube. And here comes Claudio and Yuta and Yuta gets in fucking Danielson's face. But I'm not your kid. I'm not your boy. I'm not a child, which yes, you are. And uh, you're all, oh, you are a superhuman on stilts. Um, <laughs> fucking uh and, and like basically like that like claudio gets in between them and he is like you're all gonna behave because it's wheeler's birthday and we're gonna go talk this out and it just it looked fucking ridiculous yeah interesting because i just read through that what that statement was yeah and it sounds like danielson's taking on sammy later in the night I yes think. yeah danielson's taking on sammy and so then they go to interview fucking Jericho's whole fucking mob of fuckwits. Mm-hmm. And the production is fucking terrible. The, if there's an echo. Titus! God damn. Also before that, there was also a promo video for the Elite, which showcases them being erased from AEW throughout a bunch of moments. Yeah, it was a video of like a Thanos snap with them fucking fading. It was so right. fucking... It was, it, it's their white rabbit yeah. is what they're trying to fucking do. And it, it looks dumb. And, you know, it's obvious they're coming back and they're going to be heels. Yay. No one gives a fuck. Right. But yeah. But so then you know, Jericho is getting interviewed and shit and freaking, um, the sound is all fucked up from the production truck. So there's an echo and you're not hearing Jericho. And like, there's a spot where you see one of the production people, like trying to crawl in on the floor to fix this shit. You just see the back of his fucking gray head. Uh-huh. Like, and they ended up like just taking it and fucking like cleaning up the sound and replaying it on rampage. But basically it was, it was coked up Menard saying because there was a bat in the ring, it was a tainted victory, even though it was him that threw the bat in the ring. 
And then Sammy saying blah, 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 Danielson. And then Ty trying to talk and failing miserably, saying that she mm-hmm. was going to face Madison Rain. Mm-hmm. And Jericho saying that on Ram- on, on uh, Dynamite this week, he's going to take on any former ROH champion, whether it's world champion, TV champion, tag champion, or women's champion. Lovely. So it would be funny if Mercedes Martinez came out and kicked him in the dick. That would be pretty funny. Actually. Or Sumi Sakai. <laughs> uh, then we get the number one contenders match for the AW tag title, Swerve and Argoy against FTR. Oh, hold on, hold on. I got a clip. <laughs> I almost lost my shit when. Oh my god! So, all right, let me let me let me set up where that audio is from. So, so I don't know who this YouTuber is or me neither. Whatever. But JJ decided to share a video with me. I believe it was this past week. Yeah. Where uh, some douchebag YouTuber decided to recreate Adam Cole in. Here comes the pain. Smackdown, here comes the pain, yeah. Um, and made him look like basically a stick figure, not yep. a real human being. Yeah. And basically, the entire video is Adam Cole getting smashed by all these different WWE wrestlers from the roster at the time, like Austin, Rock, Taker. <laughs> yeah, Big Show, everyone. Big <laughs> Show, yeah. And at the very end, it seems like he's teasing that the next video is going to be about Keith Lee. Being recreated in that game, and the audio that plays is what you just heard with Scott Steiner just kicking the shit out of him. Right. (laughs) Uh, And if I remember correctly, the the clip of Scott Steiner yelling he's fat, I'm assuming was some about Samoa Joe Joe? and Impact. Yeah, I thought so. It was like he got Um, he got all flustered during a promo as they just turned. He's like, he's fat. Right. That's right. Okay. Uh, um, so, Swerve and Glory against FTR. Gun Club is ringside. The Acclaim's music hits. And the Acclaim sits down on the take, ramp. Right. Um, then, blah, 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 go through the match, blah, blah, blah. So, let me talk about this match for a second. Go ahead. Number one. I would like to point out because everyone keeps talking about how FTR is the greatest tag team on the planet. And I, 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 I'd be righteous to agree. Like as far as talent goes, like I, you know, I'm a fan of their work. Um, something dawned on me as I was watching this number one, this match was for former WWE talents, but number two, everyone says FTR is the greatest tag team in the world and blah, 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 blah. And who, who trained FTR? They were both homegrown WWE talents. They are products of the PC. So as far as anyone talks about indie-rific people and Japan and fucking all this shit, no, the greatest tag team in the world by everyone's standards was produced by WWE. Remember that. Every time anyone says how great FTR is, they came from the goddamn PC. Fuck off. But anyways, um, my problem with this match was that Keith Lee was the one taking all the heat. 
which is odd considering the you're muted. The... Still muted? Oh shit! Hold on. Maybe you're not muted. Hold, hold no, on. I'm not muted. Here you go with your stupid little fucking amp again. Hold on. Let me check the app. My bad. Yeah, you're bad. Uh... Um. <laughs> yeah, Heathley so, was taking heat, the, all the heat in the match, which is weird because all the one that's been doing all the heat-seeking stuff has been swerved the whole time. Right, Keithley's taking all the heat. Keithley, Keithley was Ricky Morton in this match, and like Keithley is taking all the double team moves. Like they did the powerplex on him, they did the big rig on him. Like the dude that weighs four hundred pounds is taking all the heat. Seems ass backwards to me. Very much. And then we get to the fucked finish where fucking Cash gets tossed to the outside and fucking he get, he 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 roll he get he gets tossed over into the barricade over where the gun club is. And so then the guns are holding him back so he can't get away. And it looks so when they keep going back to it, like the way they're holding him, like dude, like a three-year-old's gonna slip down him and like bye. Like it just looked bad, like they weren't holding it like you can tell that they're fucking kids that don't know what the fuck they're doing. Uh-huh. Like, that's not the way you restrain someone. Like, literally, like, you've got two of you, and like each of them are just, like, holding one of his arms, like, no, you fucking chokehold him and fucking make it look like he's a struggle. And meanwhile, Dax goes to, what do you call it? Dax goes to Irish whip fucking Keith off of the fucking rope. Reversal, swerve pops up and fucking nut shots Dax while he's on the ropes and the ref doesn't see it. Uh-huh. And Keith does the fucking Big Bang catastrophe and wins. And then the moment the bell rings, boom! Here come the guns over the fucking barricade. Here comes the afterbirth, beating down Cash. Get him, beat up that. Here comes the acclaim running down the fucking ring. Here comes Billy Gunn running down into the fucking ring, fucking swerving fucking Keith Lee powder, and fucking it's just it's just the acclaimed and FGR left in the ring. So. Keith Lee, of course, does not know what happened. Mm-hmm. He just knows that he won, and that continues on into the bullshit they pulled on Rampage, which we'll get to later. So then after the match, we get Soraya and Renee having little BB BFF time. Britt Baker interrupts. And, and Renee goes, no. Renee has to pull out her, her motherly voice and say, stop arguing, basically. Right. And yeah, that that's pretty much the entire segment. Yep. Um, then we come back from commercial. Renee is now out on the top of the ramp, brings out MJF. MJF talks and talks and talks. Uh, he wavers back and forth between baby and heel. He he does some things that make everyone cheers. Then he does the heel pop, does this other. Stokely comes out. Base And here's the problem. Tony Khan is relying on thinking that everyone knows that Max and Stokely used to work together on the Indies. That's what he's going off of and doesn't realize people don't know that. You know? Stupid. Yes. Uh, Then we get a promo video about the Kingdom's rival in AEW basically setting up the TV title, not TV, the TNT title match for Rampage later in the week. Okay. Another fucking... I want to know who the fuck's producing all these backstage fucking vignettes. Because it's not a fucking veteran. Because the shit was ass backwards. You had Taven and Bennett and Maria standing there. Taven Taven basically saying, I'm a Grand Slam champion from Ring of Honor. 
I, you know, like, you know, I've done everything there is to do. We came here for gold, yada, yada. Taven sounded like, for lack of a better term, a generic babyface promo. And then it cuts over to Wardlow and Joe, and Wardlow's like, you ain't shit. I don't care. I'm going to kick the shit out of you anyway. You're not going to win. Like, just completely buries him. Yeah. Like, that's what the heel does, jackass. Who the fuck is fucking feeding you your lines? But Wardlow's a badass, dude. Doesn't fucking matter. (laughs) Uh, Then we got Sammy versus Danielson. Match. Um, Two-seg match. Danielson eventually wins. Mm -hmm. Um, Nothing of merit to the match. Then we cut to the back with Renee. Uh, Ray Phoenix and Alex Abrahantes. Then Christian Luchasaurus interrupt. Blah, blah, blah. Basically, um, basically, Alex says that Ray Phoenix deserves a shot at the All-Atlantic title. Why? We have no idea. And then Christian walks in with Luchasaurus and says, my monster's on a tear. So he deserves the All-Atlantic title. Out of nowhere. Then Orange Cassie steps in and says, next week, let's do this. And makes a three-way. Because that's what happens when you have no authority figures on TV is workers can just make their own matches. So basically Orange Cassidy is turning us in the triple threat title. That's yep. Nice. It makes it a triple threat. There's gonna there's no rhyme nor reason towards why it's happening. And like it's <laughs> like unless they put this title on Luchasaurus to make him a monster, like what the fuck was the point of this match? Then we get Riho in her return. Dynamite match against Jamie Hader, two seg match. Jamie Hader and her nasty ass camel toe. And Jamie Hader wins because, you know, let's not let Riho win her return match. That's nice. She weighs 75 pounds. <laughs> Just saying, dude. She um, weighs the same as when a Hader's ass cheeks. After, after the match, Britt celebrates with Hader. Tony Storm's music hits. Uh, her and Jamie Hader face off. And then we just cut to Renee with Eddie Kingston. Yep. Um, Eddie had a really good promo. I will give him. I love Eddie, but Eddie had a really good promo. And my Colgate smile. Basically talking (laughs) about Mox's match, essentially. Yeah. It was Um, Eddie just it was Eddie doing the dick baby face fucking promo because everyone's like, you're unhinged. He's like, I'm not unhinged. I'm very happy. Look at me. I'm smiling. Yes. Uh, then we get the usual rundown of the Rampage card and stuff for this coming week on Dynamite. Oh, we'll get to that. Then we get a Darby video package talking about Sting's absence, blah, blah, blah. And then apparently Jay Lethal is going to face Darby this week. Yep. Great. Another loss for Jay Lethal. Then we get to the main event, AEW World Title match. For no uh, reason. Penta versus Mox. Because Halloween? Right. Don't know. Mox retains. And after the match, the firm jumps Mox. And... They cut to the back to show that there's chains wrapped around the door of the Blackpool Combat Club's locker room, which was a ripoff of fucking Clash of the Champions 89, I believe? Something like that. Which was like... For any, for any wrestling historian, that was like a big falling out like of the shit that they pulled doing that where like fucking that was basically when um uh Inoki like basically f- fucking 
burned every bridge to the NWA possible doing that. <laughs> Just uh, go back and watch. Then MJF comes out, looks conflicted, um, ends up pushing everyone off of Mox, uh, ends up firing Stokely, mm-hmm. and then the firm just turns on MJF and lays him out and eventually getting put through a table. the table ringside by Morrissey. And that's how we go off the air. So MJF is officially babyface. Thanks for fucking up the only good thing you had going on your show. Because there's no coming back from this. What? you go, Are you going to fucking go and have, have the firm come out and interfere during the title match and MJF wins and be like, it was a big swerve, bro. Nobody in their right mind would get the shit kicked out of my eight guys and get put through a table as part of a swerve. That's not even my biggest issue with this. Would you like to know my biggest issue with this? Sure. How many fucking times in a row do we need a face versus face for the world title? I know. I agree. Like, I'm trying to think this through at the top of my head. Going back to Dynamite Grand Slam when they had the tournament final. Mm-hmm. You had Mox and Danielson. Mm-hmm. You had... We've had Mox and Hangman. Mm-hmm. We just had Mox and Penta. Mm-hmm. Even going back before that, you had Mox versus Punk. You had Punk versus Hangman. Right. Like, the last time you actually had fucking Babyface versus Heel for this title was back when it was fucking Hangman versus Cole. That was at Easter. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I just I uh, it's AEW. Nothing fucking makes sense. I don't know why I try to make sense of anything. So we get to Yeah. We get to yeah. Rampage, hang on, wait for it, hang on. We're going to uh, provide some photographic evidence for the crowd watching the visual side of this show. Provide a few bits of insight. Let's provide some ringside insight. <laughs> that was that was from Shell. And we'll provide other insight from here. That was from my friend Scott. And here. That was from my friend Scott. And here, that was also Scotty. Now, no, now hold off on that picture for a second. Now, if you notice, so that is ringside, and that is during Rampage. Notice four rows in, and that's the camera. That's the side that fucking the camera faces. You see that entire empty fucking row, four rows in. Yes, I do. That's fucking pathetic. Uh then we'll go to this. Yep. And then we get to the, uh, the 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 final big shot. There we go. Yep. So to set up the story for this, so I had a few friends that were at this. Um, so my friends, my friend Scotty Beams, um, he actually decided last minute to go. He got his tickets on SeatGeek for a dollar a piece. Pretty cool. And so he went with the family uh, to go see it. Now, Shell and Carol went. They bought tickets off of Ticketmaster for $21 a piece. And when Rampage was starting, they got upgraded to third row. 
for $21. Why? Because they needed to fill seats because they got put right because Mox walked right by Shell. Like the spot where Mox was coming in to hop the barricade to get in was right next to Shell and Carol. Did she faint? She took a picture and went, Oh my god, I spotted a I spotted a lunatic fringe of the wild or some shit like that. But yeah, she yeah. <laughs> we fully expected Shell to not come home. <laughs> mm. I bet Renee would have been happy with that. <laughs> but yeah, they got upgraded to third row to fill seats. Basically everyone who was ever basically everyone who was on the lower level got smushed in for camera view. Which is why my buddy Scott, um, unfortunately, my buddy Scott was on the second tier and he didn't get the upgrade. I told him to keep an eye out for upgrades, but he was actually filling me in on all the dark matches that got filmed, too. Um, amazingly enough, you know, you're, you remember the last time they were in Bridgeport? I complained about how there weren't that uh, there were no Connecticut people like mm-hmm. working the dark matches. Mm-hmm. So apparently um, the uh, the Rampage, because no one goes to Rampage. Apparently that was filled with Connecticut locals who worked the dark matches. Um, I know waves and curls got a, got a tag team match. Um, trying to think who uh, Lucas chase, but obviously he was going to be there cause he's one of Dustin's kids anyways. Um, and a little mean Kathleen from mass who apparently like Scott said it was legit, but I'm figuring now because this has happened on numerous occasions, this is Athena's new gimmick is her stiffing the shit out of local talents on dark. That is her new gimmick because apparently she kicked the ever loving shit out of little mean Kathleen on dark, which will be airing tonight. That's nice. Yeah. He's like, no, dude, it was legit. I'm like, well, no, because they already did the thing where she did that once. And they said like, oh, no, everything was fine. So I'm guessing this is part of the new gimmick. Dick. Yeah. Oh, and also because that because because I had someone there who officially watched the filming of Dark and I, I didn't make the graphic for you yet, but Rampage, Dynamite, Dark all done this week. First week of Willow Watch. You know where Willow Nightingale was? Nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. Supposedly, she's doing a couple of dates in Japan. Supposedly. But one week after the big We Signed Willow Nightingale announcement, nowhere. She she was working dates in Japan this week. Okay. I did see that on her Twitter. Okay. But I don't know if it was... Well, because of the time change, she probably did have to fly out during the week, actually, just to try and get adjusted. Because I know that she had shows uh, out there would would have been Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So she could have been at Dynamite. Maybe. Depends on when her flights were booked. But I, I get or filming Dark Elevation. Right. Because I but, think the way they're I doing because I, I had a debate with Shell about this because she didn't think that they were filming Dark before Rampage until she was actually there. Mm-hmm. I think the way they're doing it with the live Rampages now is they're filming Dark before Rampage and they're filming Dark Elevation before Dynamite. Uh, by the way, involving Dark Elevation, because you mentioned it for tonight, uh, that includes Diamante against Madison Rain, Dead House against QT Marshall. And then Orange Cassidy, Trent, and uh, Fuckface, um, Chuck Taylor, 
uh, six man tag against. Okay, so yeah, so I forgot. Dark at Elevation airs on Mondays, and Dark airs on what? Wednesday, Tuesdays, or Wednesdays? Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Okay, so yeah, so all the Connecticut people will be on tomorrow night. Uh, Anthony Young, Victor Andrews, and Patton, whoever that is, that's who's facing Cassidy and the Best Friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. trying to see if I can find. But yeah, but Scott said there was like ten matches filmed for Dark in like an hour. <laughs> Lovely. He was like, he was sitting there. He was like, dude, these dark matches just keep fucking going. Because <laughs> they're like five minute squash matches, essentially. Right. But it's like, if that. And, yeah. And it's all like local talents that are getting used. Right so it's like good on these local talents for getting a good payday, but don't expect anything to come out of it. Right. Uh, speaking of rampage, now we'll get into that. Um, they fucking change the fucking main event to the opening match and change what it was. So they closed Dynamite with Mox and then opened Rampage with Mox. Right, because originally originally the main event of Rampage was supposed to be Mox and Wheeler, or no, uh, yeah, Mox and Wheeler, no, yeah, Claudio and Wheeler versus 2.0 was supposed to be the main event of Rampage. Mm-hmm. But according to them, Wheeler was double booked and was working the fucking New Japan Times Square show. Yes. So instead of just doing anything else like Claudio versus blah, blah, no. that They're like, oh, that's why Mox filled in and just faced Menard in a singles. No, they did Mox versus Menard. They announced it on Thursday because they were hoping it would garner more ticket sales because ticket sales were so fucking low for Rampage already. And they were like, maybe if we put the champ on the show, it'll draw in people. Now that might have worked if you had done it more than fucking 24 hours before the fucking show. Yep. Uh, so Mox beat Menard. Then Stokely comes out with a promo afterwards and challenges Mox to face Lee Moriarty on Dynamite. Yeah, Moriarty cut a stupid ass promo. And yeah, and so now now Mox is working again, defending the title again, or either defending the title or a title eliminator against Lee Moriarty, who hasn't been on TV and in a match in God knows how long. Right. I think the last time I saw Lee Moriarty in a match was in like that random ass, like 10 man tag against the elite, like a few months back where like everyone else didn't even get an intro. And it was like, it was like Lee Moriarty, the varsity blondes and Brock Anderson. Yeah. Some shit like that. Yeah. Um, then just completely in fucking passing in a transition into commercial break, uh, they announced a world title eliminated <laughs> tournament. <laughs> and it's just a blank bracket. Yep. There's no names. Because <laughs> they're going to gradually unveil who's in the bracket as we go along. <laughs> And the finals of this tournament will take place at full gear. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. And, and here's whoever wins really, the tournament. Here's what's really fucked up. The finals of the tournament are on a pay-per-view. And it's for a title shot that's going to happen on free TV. Correct. It's going to happen on Dynamite. Winner is coming. <laughs> I, mean, I can't remember on the top of my head when that special is. End of December. Well, yeah. But I'm trying to remember. Like, Let me see here. I know because it's, it's they, they know do it's winter is coming already. every year because find... that was the show where Sting debuted. Right. 
Uh, it's going to be, oh, it's during their text, right, because they're in De- they're in Texas all December, pretty much. Yeah. So they're doing a winter is coming special in a place that doesn't, doesn't have winter once a year. That's cool. <laughs> uh, Garland, Texas is where that show is going to be, and it's going to be, uh, it's actually a Dynamite Rampage doubleheader, so they're pre-taping Rampage after Dynamite that night. Uh, that's going to be December the 14th, for those of, those of you keeping track. Yeah. So that's going to be the Dynamite after final battle, by the way. But they announced the first competitor in the tournament. Which is Dante Martin. <laughs> then, Keith Lee beats Serpentico in one move. Yep. Because it wasn't about the match. It was about what happened after the match. Right. So Keith Lee's about to get interviewed. The acclaimed confronts Keith Lee, saying they don't know where daddy ass is. Then Keith Lee says, well, I haven't seen Swerve most of the day either. Then they show Swerve, Swerve is a on the big killer. screen. Yep, Swerve's on the big screen. Apparently has Billy Gunn hostage. And uh, by the end of it, basically he takes pliers and he's fucking up daddy ass's hands. They're not even like, they were like pipe wrench pliers. Like I, they, it's I, like, know. I know. It, it didn't even fit. I, I, dude, why are you trying to talk sense to me? I know. And then they go back to the, the ring and Keith's standing and they're like, duh. Right. Like, basically a what the fuck face. So basically it's going on. What we're saying the whole time is that this is going to lead to Swerve and a Glory breaking up and Sweet Keith Lee and, and Swerve having a fucking blow off match between them and then we'll never see either of them again. Um. Well, one of their contracts run out. That's, that's the key thing. Not for a while. So, I wouldn't rule out... Well, never mind. Anyways, uh, so then they replayed that JAS promo from Dynamite that you mentioned that had all the audio issues. Mm-hmm. They replayed and actually had decent audio finally. Um, then Ty Mello beats Madison Ring because that's the victory everybody wanted to see her get. <laughs> then we get Ethan Page backstage with Lexi Nair talking about attacking MJF on Dynamite earlier in the week. And then announces he's the second person entering the Eliminator Tournament. <laughs> uh, and then the main event, Wardlow retains over Matt Taven. Bennett attacks after the match. Then Samoa Joe comes to make the save. And then stop if this makes sense. Powerhouse Hobbs is walking down to the ring to attack Wardlow and Samoa Joe. Mm-hmm. And the fucking embassy jumps in to attack him as well. Mm-hmm. Because the embassy has unfinished business with Warjo. So therefore, they wanted to get back at them after this bullshit with the kingdom. Because they only brought the kingdom in because they could. And now they have no plans for them. But uh, th- Except for maybe having them face FTR for the ROH belts in a month. That's, that's, not, that's not even the, the big question out of this. Where the fuck does Hobbs factor into the embassy? He doesn't. There, Hobbs was coming down to face Wardlow in the embassy. Basically, like he's not part of it. They're basically setting up Hobbs versus Wardlow for the TNT title. I I, I understand that. That makes sense. I just right. don't understand why, like, why they had to have the embassy there at all. Because we can't have Wardlow and Joe look weak by having powerhouse Hobbs take out both of them. Who said he had to take them out? The booker that books using action figures. 
they can't just face off? No. No one wants to see a face-off, bro. Everyone wants to see action. Right, because having Wheeler and Claudio come out and stand at the top of the stage after the fucking FTR won the Ring of Honor tag title match against the Briscoes two out of three falls, that was okay. But that was Ring of Honor. That wasn't AEW. I'm de- dude, I'm not, I'm not defending this at all. I'm just telling you this is the mentality of the fuckwit snorting a coke who's booking the shit. Okay. <laughs> um All right. Before so I have what's been announced so far for Dynamite. Before I get to that though, and discuss how fucking stupid some of that stuff is. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see who's going to be a guest commentator for the Rampage show live from a boardwalk hall in Atlantic City this Friday night? Yep. Hold on, turn up. This is the best part. Do, 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 do. Former heavyweight boxing champion of the world. Former... Ear biter of the world, former I'm gonna eat your children quarter of the world, the male Selena Nichols, lover of Phil Collins, lover of pigeons round the world, Iron Mike Tyson. He's gonna pull a Selena again, and apparently, it's gonna be more than just one appearance, and this is just the beginning of them. We'll see, I guess. He's gonna pull a Selena. You'll fall asleep. Okay, so you remember you, you remember the, the, the infamous last time Tyson was on this shit and how they got the shot of him asleep at ringside? You're a dick. No, so... He's going to be a so, commentary. There's no way for him to sleep. Oh, this is where I differ with you. Because, you see, this is why I mentioned my old His commentary partner, Ross. Selena Nichols. Commentary. Listen. Listen, back in the day, my old commentary partner, Selena Nichols, hold on. So back in the day, I had, so back in the day, my commentary partner was Cece LaSalle. When Cece could not be there, my commentary partner was Selena Nichols. Now I love Selena to death. However, there was one event where she was working with me where it was second to the main event, and it was Antonio Thomas versus Slick Wagner Brown. And I'm the heel. Co- I'm the heel color guy, and she's supposed to be doing play by play. And all of a sudden, I realize I'm talking alone because I turn and Selena flat out fell asleep doing commentary. That's hard. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta try to make that happen. <laughs> She was very exhausted. This is after she had newly become a mother and such. So like her sleep schedule was still cut, but it was just, we, we joke about it to this day. Well, like, you know, anytime, like we would dog on, on slick for forever. Like, dude, you put people to sleep. You booked, you booked a brand new mother to do commentary with you when you, you, that was, that's poor booking on your part. She wasn't brand new. The kid was like a year old, not a year old, but he was, he was toddler. Oh, but still, like, you know, fuck. It's just, we just, yeah, like, I love Selena to death. I always will. But that st- stunning, you know, st- 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 sterling point in my career of 
having to call a match alone on the fly because my commentary partner fell asleep. Good job. So the first time I saw when I saw Mike Tyson and fall asleep, I'm like, oh look, Mike's Mike's Selena Nichols. <laughs> All right, so well, let's he get can to- fall asleep on commentary. <laughs> Anyways, dynamite this week. Here's the rundown I have so far. Um, I'm probably they're gonna have a birthday bash for Billy Gunn, but so he better come out with fucked up hands, or I'm not gonna be believing anything anymore. Either that, or um, they're gonna, or they're gonna try to do the birthday bash, and they're gonna cut to Swerve kidnapping him again. Uh, we're gonna have Darby Allen against Jay Lethal one on one. Somehow we're gonna have a TBS title match with the champion not having the title belt. Sure. But did you see who um, she's defending against? Everyone's problem, Marina Shafir. Fuck me. See, that's how they're gonna do it because Marina's in the same stable as Nyla. So I, I, I get it. Thank you. I get it. It's not really a fucking stable. It's a fucking tag team with a manager. It's not a stable. Oh yeah, that's right. My bad. Um. Uh, apparently, there's gonna be a sit down. Renee, uh, Renee's gonna have a sit down with Saray and Britt. Good luck with that. <laughs> uh, Jericho had defended the ROH World Title against a former Ring of Honor champion, mm-hmm. which has not been revealed yet. I'm guessing Cole Cabana. <laughs> Uh, the AEW World Title Eliminator match, Mox against Moriarty. Mm-hmm. And then the All-Atlantic Triple Threat title match I mentioned earlier, uh, Cassidy defending against Luchasaurus and Free Phoenix. Which, not only that, they also got a special graphic, fuck all. <laughs> and, hold on, it gets better, it gets better. There's a reward for whoever wins the match. Oh, they that's already, right, the dream they, match. They've already announced... That whoever wins the All-Atlantic Championship match this Wednesday night then gets to defend the belt against any opponent of their choosing Friday night in Atlantic City. That, sure. Yeah, because that makes sense. Let's have Luchasaurus win and then decide to pick, I don't know, Jungle Zach Boy. Bowen to come out of retirement for that match? I don't fucking know. Like... Uh, oh Jesus, that's so stupid. So stupid. A side note on that Jade Cargill match, though, oh, which I thought was quite hilarious. So there's a there's the, there's this fuckwit who has a podcast and does commentary for House of Glory. Uh, this oh, this boy. fucking idiot JD. Um, he he's a big joke in the circles of those of us that can't stand AEW because he's one of the biggest AEW stands out there. Like he, everything WWE is bad and everything AEW is godlike. And I don't understand how the fuck this dude became a commentator in the first place. Uh huh. Like I'm assuming, like he just like kissed Red and Excel's asses and kept like getting coffee for everyone at the school and shit. And that's the only way he could possibly like be a commentator for House of Glory because the kid's fucking horrible. He has no experience in the business. So what happened was they announced the Cargill chauffeur match and he wrote on Twitter and he was like, please God, no, not again. And Jade Cargill went off on him and basically said, I could hear you all the way from your mom's basement, yada, yada, yada. And then he was just like, I've always defended you. What the fuck? And Shafir 
and Jade were all like, fuck this fucking kid on Twitter. And I'm like, okay, number one, it's funny that you're putting him in this place, but at the same time, both of you are siding with each other when you're supposed to be facing each other on TV on Wednesday. Still entertaining. Yeah. Eddie Hooser. Um, I think that's it for the clusterfuck that is AEW. Do you have anything? I don't think so. Okay, good. All right, so before we get to the good that exists in the world known as WWE, uh, let's let's just, let me just remind you about the fact that hey, like I mentioned to start the show, it's getting fucking cold out. Yep. I went outside to pick up my niece after a half day of school today. It was fucking forty degrees. I want my I want my spring back. I want my <laughs> spring back so much. But one thing we can do is make sure you have your heater, your furnace in good working order, and that can be done with our friends over at Johnstone Supply in Troy. You can ask them for any of the parts you might need to fix your furnace. All great, all great brands, all great prices. Goodman, Fujitsu, Westinghouse, so on and so forth. Or if you just need a brand new heating system installed altogether, Johnson Supply can hook you up with that as well. Talking to the guys at the store, George, who you've heard with getting there with Gosumers Times, great guy. He'll be able to help you out as well as Kev, James Bird, any of them be able to help you out to make sure that you are set up right to get through the colder parts of fall and the winter in the coming months. Give them a call, 518-272-5922, or visit Johnstone Supply at their brick-and-mortar location, 2600 6th Avenue in Troy. Don't be left out in the cold this winter. Check your furnace, get it fixed, or get a brand-new heating system installed right now by talking to our friends at Johnstone Supply, 518-272-5922. Visit them at 2600 6th Avenue in Troy, or check them out online at johnstonesupply.com. We move on to WWE. We begin with Monday Night Raw. Why? Because we do things in chronological order here. Because we actually make sense. Uh, so, with Raw. Basically, instead of doing whole play-by-play of results, I'll just kind of I'll, I'll scan through the results with my eye. And then we'll just talk about main programming storylines that seem to be happening right now um, as we go along. So obviously the 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 main the beginning of the show, the main thing they focused on was everything involved in the judgment day in the OC. <sighs> Can somebody explain to me why we allowed Blanket to call himself the new Eddie Guerrero? No, okay, he started that, but then he ripped off a line from fucking Brockmire. Who? The show Brock. You never watched the show Brockmire? No. You should go back. It's Hank Azaria. He plays an alcoholic baseball announcer. Oh, that would be up my alley. Okay, cool. It was a great fucking show, but there's so there's a part that there was there was a famous scene in Brockmire where he's auditioning to. Uh, do play-by-play for um, a major league team that the major league of the minor league team that he's been calling. 
and he's in there against this like Indian guy who like all of a sudden just pops out and does a whole bunch of like great shit. And he turns afterwards, he goes, wow, you're like a brown Joe Buck. And he turns to Hank Azaria and he goes, no, Joe Buck is a white me. Mm. Yes. And that was like the most famous line from the fucking show. So they ripped off fucking Brockmire with Dominic going, no, Eddie Guerrero was his generation's Dominic Mysterio. I wonder if anybody's actually watched that show. Well, maybe. We'll see. Brockmire, 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 Brockmire. I'm looking for it in his... Uh... Oh, oh, it's a recent show, too. Yeah, yeah I should look that up. Anyways. Um, so, yeah. Um, did you like the James Ells- Ellsworth reference made? <laughs> Out of nowhere. It? Yeah. Um... So obviously we have this all going on. We got Rhea slamming Luke Gallows now. Sure. Um, so Finn beats Carl Anderson one-on-one and then throughout a... Um, so basically the, the moral of the story is throughout the show is that A, um, they're really trying to set up this whole six-man tag going on at Crown Jewel between Judgment Day and the OC. But number two, um, they're also showing that the OC is admitting a Rhea problem. So, obviously, we'll see if anything happens tonight to help address that problem. But the question becomes, who could help them address their Rhea problem? Any suggestions? Uh, not quite sure. I'm not. I'm not sure if they're going to go with someone existing or they're going to go with someone new. Well then, well, then the question becomes, is this a one-off match they're having a crown jewel, or is this something they're going to push through the end of the year? I doubt they're going to push it through the end of the year, but if it's... So, so have they officially said that they're, they're going to... So, it's going to be someone to be in their corner at crown jewel to I mean, I know they pretty, much, they pretty much have booked a six-man. They booked a six-man, but if they need someone against Rhea, then they need... So- See, here, because here's the thing, like... They haven't announced anybody that's gonna that there's somebody's gonna be in their corner, but it just it would just make sense at this point with the way with the way they've been progressing the story and that the big hanging fruit that they've been dealing with is the 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 numbers problem with Rhea being their fourth. Right. I just don't. Um, I can't think of anyone. So I'm trying to think. I might, uh, mm, mm, mm. I might have an idea. If you want, uh, I mean, it, it's not a stretch per se. It would be as it can be a stretch, but not really. I think one way you can connect what just happened with the Judgment Day to this with the OC. You could bring in Beth if she's willing to do the flight. Yeah, that's my guess. That's that's the only thing that really would make any sense to me, honestly. Because um, I can't think of anyone else that's on the roster, the rosters now that would make any sense. Aside, the only thing I can think of is Beth. Really, yeah. I can't even think of anybody that would pull from NXT for one day. Like I, nothing, nothing's really clicking in my right. head. Right. So. Unless you want to go super random, 
and think of somebody that kind of goes wreck with the whole reckless abandon kind of idea and maybe go Shotzi, but that's not really a good mix, I don't think. Especially for Saudi. That's my problem is if they're going to try to pull this off in Saudi, then you got to figure these people, the, the women have to be covered head to toe. And Right. I don't sure. see Shotzi doing it. Sure. Plus, you're... Plus, what's also going to be interesting is the fact they're on... Aren't they on tour right now in Europe? Are like they? They, have, they got. I think they have some of the. I know that some of the roster was in Mexico this weekend. I'm pretty sure they went on a European tour starting yeah. this weekend. Um, but anyways, well, I don't know. Hopefully, we get some more answers to that tonight on Raw. Um, about if there's going to be a corner person for the OC. Um, all this shit with Gargano and Miz and Loomis. No clue. Do we have the slightest thought of what the fuck is going on with this? I don't like. <sighs> Johnny keeps starting to blow the whistle on something. Miz says, "Right, he like something like like the only thing I can guess is like Loomis was supposed to get a fucking job years ago, and Miz Miz stopped it from happening somehow." Is the or only Loomis thing was I can supposed think of. to be the spot that Champa was in, or something like that? Yeah, like that because they mentioned Champa and mentioned he's injured, and you know Johnny's like, I talked to Tommaso and you didn't. Like, yeah, there's a, the only other thing that I can think like, and honestly, that might make sense is the only thing that I could think of that because it's Trips doing it, and Trips really wants to keep continuing people from NXT with their momentum going up to the main roster instead of just completely repackaging them or whatever. What they could do is, and would be smart enough, is Miz was worried about Index being the new It couple, so Miz got Dexter fired to prevent that from happening. Mm. And then when Trips took control, he hired Dexter back, and now Dexter wants revenge because him and Indy are the new It couple. Right. Which is interesting, though, because... And Johnny would know that because he was in with Indy and Dexter. Right. Which is interesting because they never, aside from the one random appearance he made on NXT where he was getting arrested, they haven't really gone back to the whole Indy thing at all since then. Right. So, yeah, that, that, yeah, that, I could see that. That could be. Yeah. That 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 actually would that would actually make sense. We'll just put that out there. That would actually make sense. Yeah. Um, but obviously more goes on. I don't think they put together, have they? What? I was trying to think if they had booked a match between them for Crown Jewel. They have not, so I'm assuming not. that's not gonna happen. Um next big thing. Um <sighs> So are we heading towards it's, everything right now? Just screams like they don't have anything immediate for Riddle right now. Yeah, because they're trying to kind of have him and Rollins go their own separate ways. Right. Although it seems like Riddle wants in on the U.S. title picture, kind of sort of with Rollins being the champ now. But at the same time, they're trying to, you know, they're trying to start building that for. Um, Rollins and Elias. Possibly. 
here, here, see, right now the U.S. title picture feels a little muddled in a way. Agreed. Because Seth has won the belt. Mm-hmm. But it feels like you have you have three contenders without a contender. Yeah. Well, contenders in quotes. Mm-hmm. You have Elias, who I don't believe has wrestled a match yet since coming back. Not yet. So it's been two weeks back on TV, no match. This will be week three tonight. Mm-hmm. Riddle has been doing the whole bongo shit with Elias and hasn't wrestled the last couple weeks. Or has, wait, I'm trying to think. Did he wrestle last week? I'm trying to remember. Hold on. He had the match against Rollins. Well, he didn't wrestle this past week. So right, that right. was the week before. Right. Um, right. So he had the U.S. title match. Right. He had the U.S. title match two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And then all this shit with all. Oh, right. Because I'll was Ali. out after the match. So. And the only reason they shoved Ali in there is so they can do Ali and Seth at Crown Jewel. So they have Muslim representation on the show. Right. Which. By the way, has not been officially booked yet. They will. They'll book it tonight. Um, so I guess we'll kind of wait and see on that. Um, I don't know. The U.S. title picture just seems very muddled right now. I don't know. It does. Um, well, that's that's the problem with Crown Jewel. Is every time Crown Jewel comes around, you've got to shove some people in at the behest of the Saudi prince. Uh, damage control stuff right now. Um, with Bianca, obviously Oscar and Alexa were not on TV last week. They're really trying to play up the fact. That damage Injury. control messed them up. Mm-hmm. Um, my suspicion at this point, because they've already um, decided to book Bianca and Bailey as last woman standing for mm-hmm. Saudi on Saturday. Mm-hmm. My suspicion, and I could be totally wrong on this one. We don't have Oscar and Alexa on TV again tonight, mm-hmm. but they help even the odds on Saturday. Yeah. Because you'd assume Dakota and Io will be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so my suspicion is we go another Raw without them on TV, but then they show up on Saturday to help in the odds during the last woman standing match. Mm-hmm. And then maybe, possibly, we um, we get a step closer to figuring out War Games. what we're doing with War Games because... Obviously, Candice is there on the babyface side of things. Mm-hmm. Do we get an answer as to who would stand by damage control? Plus, now we have to factor in what the fuck's going on with Nikki Cross, and she uh-huh. returned at the yep. end of Raw last week, and not just attacked Bianca, but also attacked Bailey. Stop it. Good Stop Lord. It. You're married. Stop. Um, Good Lord. Okay. You okay over so there? So she, your point? <laughs> um... Oh, sure. Yeah, she is. Um, I'm her type. Physically, yes, you're correct. <laughs> that means you're that. That means something else about you. I don't need you taking your shirt off. Please don't show me. Um, <laughs> so, um, Christ, now I'm all sidetracked. Um, so we had Nikki attack ba- uh, uh, not Bailey, uh, Bianca during the match, which led to Bailey getting the pinfall. Then mm-hmm. she attacks Bailey after the pinfall to go off the air. Mm-hmm. So now I get the question of: Is she aligning herself with anyone, or is she going to be the weird, the awkward third wheel that just throws a wrench into every fucking thing that goes on at this point? I think that's what I think it's going to be completely unhinged, Nikki Cross, like she used to be. 
Thank you, God. There is a God. Uh, what else we got here for Raw? Um, what do we make of the JBL Baron Corbin stuff so far? Eh. I mean, JBL's obviously trying to help get this kid over. And I, it's, I don't, I, it needs a few more weeks to hash out. Well, let me ask you a question at this point. Did it seem necessary to you for the evolution of Baron Corbin? He needed something. He needed a fresh coat of paint. Paint a coat. Oh my god, I completely forgot to mention the fucking Jericho analogy. Remember when I missed you the other day? I said I figured out Jericho. Go ahead. Since he has the new booking ability, how he's Bob Holly. Uh, Give me the belt! And then what? Then I beat everyone! Yeah. Jericho's Bob Holly. Yeah. Um But yeah, but Corbin, he definitely needed something and and I mean and he's you know Talking hasn't always been a strong point, so having JBL in this corner does help. It's just, it's weird because it's like they started him off and it's like, okay, and then it's like, the, they, but they fed him Gargano. I wouldn't have fed him Gargano. Yeah, that seemed like a very odd pairing. Like, you feed him somewhere, someone else to start. Like, because Gargano's in the middle of something. Ollie. <laughs> yeah, right. No, like, I mean, there's other people on the fucking roster that aren't being used completely. I mean, especially with freaking, like, I mean, you could have fed him our truth. True. So I was sick of him in the middle of all the shit with Miz and Gargant. Yeah, that was Dude, weird. Truth. Oh, God. I was, ho- I was kind of sad that Truth didn't appear on SmackDown because I was hoping he was going to do the hat trick this week. That would have been pretty good. Um, But Truth was, he, Truth was gold on Raw. I want the truth. Boom. What's up? Can we can we make Braun versus Omos this Saturday? Loser leaves town. I wish. Just because I know how that's gonna go. I uh, mean, granted, I we know how it's go. How it's oh, gonna it's, go. it's gonna be terrible. But at least it's it's like an out it's like an out of town preview. You know, it's you're gonna be able to see the you know you're the, the, this way people are gonna take take a look and be like. We can't like we can't have this go any further because Omos is terrible. Like the, this experiment should end. Um, by the way, I'm an asshole. I just realized in my results that Elias did have a match this past week. He beat Chad Gable. Oh yeah, that's right. And then uh, Riddle came in for the save. Yeah, so that's right. Jumped in. I forgot about that. Yeah, my bad. I forgot too. Um. And then the only other thing from Raw really worth talking about, we'll save until we get to Crown Jewel for Saturday. Yeah. Um, NXT. Yeah. I, uh, Sean can't book. Who was the agent for this match? Somebody talk to me. Who was the agent for this match? Which match? I have no problem with Kate and Katana retaining. That's not that's not my issue with the match. The, oh, the um, the the uh, the, the yeah the. Uh, why the, are we the, doing the, the ref miss the tag thing? What? Why? Like, what's the? Like, yeah. I, 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 I know it's a face versus face match. You're trying to save face for whoever loses, but. Uh. Well, plus they're sowing the seeds of Zoe turning heel. It, but that that leaves ass bitches the baby face and no, 
<laughs> but yeah, because the whole thing, because if you noted, like watching it once they once they went to do the reversal, you saw Zoe like getting in ass bitch's face, like what the hell is your issue? And then of course after they lost, then it shows in the back it's like, oh, well, we get a rematch next week, and Zoe's like, you need to pay attention. You should have known that it wasn't the legal person. Blah 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 blah. And it's basically like Zoe trying to play the veteran, which is laughable. Um, well, in this case, it's true. Yeah, but I mean, still, like, oh, you're right. they're both green. You're right. And it's just, they, they need to stop pushing ass bitch. She's just, fu- she is the fucking worst. Um, so between the packages they played during the show and then the way NXT ended, I'm assuming we're moving towards a J.D. Ilya blow-off at the December special. They fucking better because they fucking buried Ilya. So JD beats Ilya. I know we're skipping to the main event, but it's just it just it's in it's order fucking of- ridiculous. So JD beats Ilya by ref stoppage, and then Ilya gets stretched out to end the show. Like um This is the dude who defeated the unstoppable Walter. Yep. And he like and the, granted the first time he faced Walter, it was ref stoppage. Because Walter fucking choked him out, which made sense. Because it's but, Walter. Right. But here you have fucking, you have JD who literally, like, Ilya took the pin in the three-way. And then the, fu- and then fucking three days later, fucking passes out in a fucking submission move and gets stretchered out. You, like, I understand Sean has a hard-on for Jordan Devlin because he was fucking Finn's kid. But you don't bury fucking Dragunov doing it. Agreed. Like, and I don't use the term burial loosely because, like, I always say, like, if you're on TV and you're getting paid, you're not getting buried. But there are certain times where a burial takes place, and this was a fucking burial. Um, where do we? Where does Dijak fit when he actually makes his return? He's going to take out Braun. He's going to be the big bad heel. Because unfortunately, we're going to feed Apollo Crews to Braun in December. You think that's where we're going with this? Yes. We're going to have babyface versus babyface. Because that's exactly what we fucking need. We're going to feed him to Braun, and then Dijak's going to take him out. Or do you... uh... I'll save the idea for another time. Not worth discussing now. Okay. Uh, Wesley. Comes out and does a thank you speech. See, there was a positive, though. I was glad that Wesley came out, gave the thank you speech, and was not interrupted by Mello. Which means Mello is moving on to better things. Right. No Mello on the show, so... If they're not going to put him against Braun, bring him to the fucking main roster. It's time. So we'll stay tuned on that one. But uh, Wesley and Waller have their segments. Uh, sure. Archie and we get our out. truth for the second time of the week. Thinks it's Halloween Havoc. And they're like, dude, it, it, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was three days ago. Oh, dog, you won? Oh, congratulations. Hey, he didn't win. Oh! <sighs> but hey, um, fucking truth gets to carry Waller this week now. Yeah. Um. Shotzi beats Slash Bitch, thank God. Oh. Or uh, what do you call her? 
Not Wendy Williams. Thank you. Um, then we get a Creed Brothers in ring promo. Damon Kemp appears on the screen, says he's immediately cleared for the five minutes with Brutus. Yeah. And then your new favorite tag team attacks the Creeds. <laughs> Sangha and Veer Mahan. I thought they were going to make them baby faces. No, apparently not. I mean, I'll still take Sangha and Veer, but dude, why? Um, then Tox Attraction announced they're going to have a one year championship celebration for Mandy Rose this coming week on NXT. <sighs> Pretty Deadly retains their tag titles over Blade and Inofe. Which was a good match. Yes. Blade and Inofe have, have advanced leaps and bounds, and they, 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 they continue on this path. They will be something special. We'll skip this one segment for now because I want to save that for last. Uh, Sol Ruka and Indy. Indy wins and they both get laid up by Electra Lopez. Yep, because Electra La Madrina is back. No, Electra Lopez got left behind because she's fucking awful. She didn't even know how to do a beatdown, right? But whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, this distorted call recording thing. NXT is- signed Soundwave. Soundwave is going to be the NXT champion. That's what it fucking sounded like. Scripts? Yeah, scripts. It was Soundwave. Soundwave called in and left a voicemail. That's awful. Go back and listen <laughs> to it. Then we're going to chase you, Vignette. Bodie's missing. Duke walks in late saying he was looking for Bodie. We all know where this is going eventually. Right. Like, okay. Um, bu- bu- all right. So now we get to the one segment everyone seems to be talking about. And this mm-hmm. is how we're... This is the last thing we're going to discuss involving NXT. Mm-hmm. So Schism comes out. There's a platform in the ring. Gacy and the other two. The dyad. Yeah, the dyad. They're standing on it. They have the fourth member ready to be unveiled. Oh, they all had the same masks just to start off. And then yeah. the, the dudes revealed theirs. Right. Just take off your mask and reveal your true self. Correct. Like typical cult stuff, which is good. I liked it. It was solid promo wise. So then we get to the end of it for to reveal the fourth member that's just joined them. It's a female. Mm-hmm. Ava Rain. Yeehaw. Real life Simone Johnson, daughter of Dwayne Johnson. She has made her official debut. Yep. Not half bad with the little bit she said at the end. Yeah. It was decent. Um, so now uh, the car's been turned on. Let's see how far she can drive this car. Right. I mean, she's been put in a decent position. She's in a stable with a solid tag team and a guy that can talk his fucking head off. Mm-hmm. Who and they're and all and all three of them have a good wealth of in ring experience. Um, and it's it's just good for her. and like because like I remember when she first popped up on the house shows, people were complaining that about her name and how she it's like whoa whoa it's like because they're trying to differentiate her from being the Rock's daughter because if you come out and say this is Simone Johnson this is the Rock's daughter like that's just too much to live up to. In your first fucking outing. Go ahead. 
this is WWE recognizing 25 years later that they fucked themselves the first year or so they had Dwayne working mm-hmm. under the name Rocky Maivia. Right, exactly. And constantly going back to the fact that he was Rocky Johnson's son and mm-hmm. high chief Peter Maivia's grandson. The blue chipper. Yes. And this right here, this is the future. It's going to be a blue chipper. Yeah. Okay, that's all Jim Ross kept fucking saying at Survivor Series 96. Yep. Like, they... Right. They've learned the error of their ways since then. Exactly. And it's, you know, especially because this is this is a fourth generation talent. This is this is un, un, unbroken ground. Like mm-hmm. they need to make sure they do this correctly. And like, I mean, it worked for Charlotte to be like, this is Ric Flair's daughter. But it's 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 a different ballgame. And to keep this to put this girl in this spot and keep her humble is a good thing no matter and it's like because if they if they had brought her out and been like you know you know this is the you know you know blah 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 this is the rock's daughter and push her to the moon people would have screamed nepotism right but people are complaining that she's like in this in this stupid stable that's judgment daylight and no. i'm like shut the fuck up no it's completely different right exactly and it's it's giving her a chance to have her own voice for right now, and it's give like it's good to keep her protected because now she's not out there just getting thrown to the wolves as a singles person. You know, you've got her in a heel stable where she can cover up herself in case she screws up in the ring with some dirty heel tactics. She's not coming out doing cartwheels and exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's the right way to package her to start off, and now it's just a matter of seeing where she grows from there. Right, exactly. All right, moving on to SmackDown. Uh, Brutes beat Sammy and Solo, which helps set up what hap- what's going to happen at Crown Jewel. We'll get to that later. Roman comes out after the match, and we get quite possibly the best segment SmackDown's produced this year. Um, so while Roman's coming to the ring, they go to break. They come back. Bloodline's all in the ring, including Heyman. And uh, so Roman says, uh, you want to be children? We're going to treat you like children, referring to Sammy and Jay. And he basically wants to, he basically has Festivus come two months early and says, <laughs> let's have an airing of the grievances. We're all on the table. They didn't have a Festivus poll, but they treated it like Festivus. <laughs> and so Sammy tries to make peace. He says, whatever I did wrong, I'm sorry. And seems very cordial about it to Jay. Jay basically says, fuck this shit. Um, and uh, then Sammy's like, what the fuck? I'm just trying to make the peace, blah, blah, blah. And then Sammy says some on the lines of, this is what the tribal chief wants. And Jay says... I don't give a damn what the tribal chief says. And boom. And Roman gets pissed and mm-hmm. stares a does a five mile stare through Jay's soul. Sammy, though, still trying to be the peacemaker, says Jay just has been very, very oozy lately. <laughs> and we get Jimmy Fallon in 1997 SNL level of character break. Yes. Uh, Roman breaks a little bit. Jay keeps breaking in and out. You can see Jimmy in the background. He's breaking character. He can't keep, keep help it. Um, I can't. I, Solo was fucking cracking. Everyone was cracking up. Yeah. So uh, 
So let Roman Crick takes the mic. And he says, uh, no, come here, come here. Because Roman's about to start talking, and Jay keep, keeps he tries to turn away. He's like, no, 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 come here, come here. Face the music, come on, come on. Face the hard can jerk off. And then Roman says, if Jay can't find his Usi again, <laughs> he's going to do something Jay don't like and take the word honorary away from Sammy and make him a full-blown Usi. Change his name to Sammy Uso. That they they need to make that shirt. They need to make a full blown Uso shirt. That is money on the table right there that oh, needs to be taken. God Almighty! And then Heyman ends the segment by reminding people the title match in Riyadh and counts them <laughs> <Heyman turns laughs> into, into break. <laughs> right, Heyman turns into a walking commercial. It is commercial in three, two, one. Right, like he's in the fucking production truck counting them in. Jesus. Um, then we come back with another Viking Raiders vignette with Sarah in it. When the, like, Good production. Can they just come back already? God damn. They want to make sure that Carl, uh, that uh, Ray Rowe is, uh, his, his, his foot is 100%. Please. He'd be on the heap. He'd be the kind that would limp out there with a fucking knee high cast feed he had to. And just right. But they already had, they, but the thing is they already had to take time off to make sure Hanson was okay. Know, like they, they, they want, they want to do this right. But the production value of these vignettes is dynamite. Very good. Uh, then new day beats maximum male models in less than four minutes. Sure. Whatever. Um, Deville, uh, this whole Deville live Morgan shit. Like it needs to stop. Well, it's going to stop. Cause they're having a no DQ match on SmackDown this week. Lazy booking. Um, then we got a Braun pre-tape about Omos at Crown Jewel. Yay. Then we get to the confusing moment of the night. Um, so Ronda comes out looking stupid as usual with her stupid fucking blue lightning fucking thing on her face. and It just looks stupid. Stupid. Anyways. Um. I don't think there's been a single makeup look Ronda's ever done since being in WWE that's looked good. But I digress. Um, she comes out. She says, all right, let's fucking get the show on the road. Who's coming out to finish to face my open challenge for the title? Emma? Yeah. Dressed as Tennille Dashwood? <laughs> At least she wasn't dressed as fucking Top Gun, Emma. Even, even, even Rhonda, they pan back to Rhonda. Rhonda was she, doing the evidence. Rhonda's doing the fucking thing, and I'm like, well, you're you're basically showcasing what we're all kind of thinking right now. Um, because it it was the name Emma without the Emma music dresses to Neil Dashwood. It was just it was all a I don't know. It was just a I don't know. I, I, that's all I got. I don't know. I don't fucking know. I mean, I could see the, like, obviously Trips brought it back because she was one of the original NXT girls. I don't have a problem with her coming back. I'm just... It's just weird how they brought her out. Just like, it's like, here's the heel Emma music, but it's babyface Emma, and it's just kind of there. Right. Like, here. Have fun. Like, they obviously got to figure out something to do with her. But, I mean, I'm happy she's back. They're like, here, go go try to get eight to ten out of useless Ronda. Have fun. <laughs> um, obviously, Ronda wins and retains. Um, I'll be honest. I, 
I didn't catch what this whole backstage thing was with Jay and Heyman. Sammy taking him to Waffle House. Oh, okay, sure. He broke them all again. Yeah. <laughs> um. Then after break, we get Ronda, Shayna, and Natty interacting backstage. Natty says Ronda's lucky she didn't answer the challenge herself. And then Shayna chokes out Natty. Like, yeah, your tag partner just. <laughs> now you're a baby face. Have fun. Bye. Okay. Sure. Great. Okay. Natty flips more than Big Show, so I guess it makes sense. Um. So we get Legato coming out for their six-man tag. Hit Row comes out with B-Fab. I was B-Fab. really hoping we were going to get another call-up in this match. Well, B-Fab made reference to the Rising Sun, and if that didn't give it away, then I don't know what no. did. Because then Shinsuke comes out. So Hit Row and Shinsuke Nakamura beat Legato in six-man tag action. I mean, and, at least, it, but, yeah. but you know something? If I get a Nakamura versus uh, versus versus Santos feud out of this, I'll be happy. I can live with that. Yeah. I can live with that. Yeah. Then we get Heyman and Roman in the dressing room. Heyman decides to try and show some Logan Paul boxing training to Roman. Yeah. And then, okay. And he tells Roman uh, he needs one lucky shot and that Logan has metal pins in his hand from breaking it before in boxing. He's turned Logan Paul into Lex Luger. Essentially. Um, and then he decides to accidentally compare Logan Paul to Brock Lesnar because Brock won his UFC heavyweight title in his third match ever in UFC, and this is Logan Paul's third match ever in WWE. And yeah, you can imagine the look that Roman gave him and Paul said, Toodles. Yep. Stupid. Now we get LA Knight attempting to do a backstage interview. He's interrupted by Ricochet. And yeah. We're getting a Ricochet LA Knight undercard feud, basically. It looks we're like. feeding Ricochet to LA Knight to get him over. Then uh, the main event match of the night was Cross beating Mad Cat Moss in less than 10 minutes. It should have been less than five. Well, they gave Mad Cat, he gave Mad Cat Moss way too much in that match. Well, Mad Cat should have gotten crushed. Well, Uh, then we get Ray Mysterio backstage talking to Kayla, gets interrupted and laid out by Imperium, which sets up the Intercontinental title match he's getting this Friday night on SmackDown. Which I didn't understand, because the whole thing with Imperium is the mat is sacred. So why are you going to Pearl Harbor a guy? Because reasons? I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. By the way, Roman will be on Raw tonight, but we'll get into that in a second. Yeah. Um... I'm also trying to recognize. So yeah, they're doing a whole European tour right now. Like they're in Germany tonight and tomorrow night. They're in Switzerland Wednesday. Mm-hmm. They must have pre-taped SmackDown after. They must have. They because like, there's no SmackDown event until next Friday in Indianapolis. Right, and there's I knew they weren't going to do a Smack like they weren't going to film one this week, considering they have to be in Saudi. But I thought they would have filmed SmackDown. Oh, like this week, but I guess they they did a double shot last week, and just no one has released r- results. Right, because Raw is already scheduled to come next week in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. Uh huh. So that's done. Uh, but, 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 but what was I gonna do? Um. Oh, close the night. So Bray's in the rain doing a promo, similar to what he's been doing the last few weeks, as far as what he's saying. Mm-hmm. 
basically starting to address his demons, and a figure appears on the big screen, eventually revealing himself as Uncle Howdy, saying, mm-hmm. you killed the world, you are a shell of who you once were, mm-hmm. you are a liar, you'll mm-hmm. never be able to hide from me. Now, there's something very specific I want to discuss about this. Okay. Because people still, to this day, on Halloween, Monday, October 31st, are trying to piece together who the fuck is representing all these different characters, especially they're trying to figure out who Uncle Howdy's going to be <laughs> since his appearance on Friday night. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're fucking stupid or deaf, but listen to the Uncle Howdy promo again. The bits that aren't distorted in audio are fucking Bray under the mask. Right. It's not anybody else. It's Bray's different personalities being reincarnated with Bray under these masks. Yeah, Stop you know, trying to fucking pretend it's other people, which is hilarious because the other half of the internet are like, "Oh my god, the Wyatt Six or Bray Six personalities," and is that not what I fucking said when all you motherfuckers were like, "I wonder who's going to be the other five people in the Wyatt Six stable." I told y'all this shit a month ago. But it's just amazing how people just they're, they're still just reaching. It's like, yep. stop. Pay attention. Mm-hmm. Don't just don't just don't just pay attention with your eyes. Pay attention with your fucking ears too. I mean, I could see eventually them trying to pull a swerve and like have Uncle Howdy come out and face to face with Ray, and at that point it's someone different. But I don't see it. Not right now. I don't see it. Yeah. Not right like now. not 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 in the not in the immediate future, right? Um, just I just oh, pe- mm, oh, oh. fucking people, man. Especially because they still have to introduce because they 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 got the trademark for Uncle Howdy and didn't they get a trademark for Uncle Harper too? Something like that. Yeah. Just hurts my brain. They just, I know. They just they, these people on the internet really know how to hurt my fucking brain. Uh huh. All right. Uh, preview of Raw, real quick tonight. Uh, Roman will be on the show. Um, Brock returns to Raw to help set up his match with Lashley, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nikki Cross against Bianca Belair in a non title match tonight. Uh, Matt Riddle versus Otis in a trick or treat street fight tonight. Oh, lazy booking. Duh. Um, that's all that's been pre-announced by WWE for Raw tonight. So, two segments and two matches is what they've announced. Uh, Crown Jewel. Let's jump into that real quick and run down the card that we have so far. Seven matches already, with the assumption of at least one or two more based on what we talked about from TV this past week. Um, but here's the card as it stands. Uh, let's go with the non-title matches first. Six-man tag action, the OC against the Judgment Day. Rhea Ripley currently in the corner for Judgment Day, and maybe somebody in the corner of the OC will find out a more tonight, possibly. Uh, Brock versus Bobby Lashley. Can, I, I need to request a favor. I, I need a favor. Not yeah. from you. I need a favor from WWE. <laughs> Please don't keep this booked as a regular match. The last thing we need is Brock versus Bobby in a regular wrestling match. <laughs> nobody wants to see that. No, no, nobody wants to see. Nobody wants to see 
Brock and Bobby in a 10-minute wrestling match. Let them fight. <laughs> Don't make them wrestle. Please, for the love of God. Especially since there's no MVP and there's no Paul Heyman. Please just let them fight. Imagine if they had made this a fight pit match. Oh my god! Imagine, imagine trying to put Cormier between those two. Good luck, um, <laughs> Fatty Cormier. No, um, Braun versus Omos. Please let that go less than five. Please, oh God, please, please let that go less than five. Uh, steel cage match between Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm for that. Yeah. Uh, last woman standing, Bianca defending the Raw Women's Title against Bailey. Mm-hmm. I have this sneaking suspicion Bailey's gonna win this one. I don't. I don't know. I'm fifty fifty on it, but I'm leaning I towards feel like Bailey. Trips is smart enough to not put all the titles on damage control. I don't know. We'll see. Um, then we get the tag title match: Usos defending against the Brawling Brutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a rematch, technically from. Uh, three Cardiff. weeks ago? No, yeah, three weeks now. I was thinking, yeah. Roughly? It yeah, it, it wasn't in Cardiff. It, it was, was after Cardiff, yeah. Because Cardiff was the, the six-man Donnybrook with uh, Imperium. Right. Uh, and then finally, what I'm assuming would be the main event, we'll see, depending on how Hunter decides to book the card, mm-hmm. uh, Roman against Logan Paul for the undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship. Mm-hmm. Deep sigh. And we're probably going to be adding Seth defending the U.S. title against Ali. Correct. Unless they're just going to randomly book Marseille and Mansois. They are not. They are not. I know. <laughs> I was just speaking out loud. That's all I was doing. I was just offering the only other option they have right now because you put Veer back in NXT. Um, you haven't used well. Veer is Indian. He's not. He's not true. Same with yeah, Ginger. Middle Eastern. Uh, so those are like yeah. those are only two. Middle the Eastern. only two Muslims they had are Mansoor and Ali. Oh uh, yeah. And Mansoor, number one, doing the gimmick that he's doing will not fly, and number two right. is a heel, and that will not fly. Which is why they flipped Ali babyface after having him as, as a heel a couple of weeks ago. And I'm they flipped him sure. just for Crown Jewel. And if I remember correctly. And this is this isn't really me going on a limb. I'm just trying to remember back in time. Do not expect Sammy Zayn at this show. Nope, never. Um, that's for personal and political reasons. Vince it's was very killed. Right. Vince was very accepting of it. Obviously, Hunter. If, if Vince was accepting of it, you know Hunter's going to be right. Um. So don't expect. In fact, I think Sammy. I guess Sammy is probably on tour right now in Europe. That'll be yeah, my assumption. Definitely, that would, that would just make the most sense, honestly. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, so real quick, let me just, in case any of you are confused about the WWE touring schedule and the way I was breaking it down, I, I apologize. So here's here's the rundown. Tonight they're in Dallas. Um, they pre-taped SmackDown, so don't worry about that. They're in the midst of a European tour, um, which I. Here's the thing. 
because they were WWE's social media was showing shit both from Mexico over the weekend and Europe mm-hmm. when they started the European swing that they did. Uh, they're doing into this week, so I'm not positive who was where, except for I know for a fact Santos and LDF were in Mexico because they yeah. showed shit with Santos in Mexico. Yeah, I think Seth is on the European he tour, is. and Seth dyed his hair blonde. You haven't seen the pictures? No, I have not. Oh yeah, complete blonde. Um, so I so I'm going to go on a limb and say don't expect Seth on the show tonight. Um, maybe, maybe not. Unless you fly him back for the one night and then put him right back out. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe. Um, or maybe you pre-taped him with something. Maybe. Maybe. Um, so tonight they're in Dallas. Saturday they're in Riyadh. Riyadh, excuse me, said that mm-hmm. wrong. Then they come to Wilkesbury for Raw next Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they have no other shows booked, house shows or otherwise, until SmackDown Live next Friday night in Indianapolis. Yep. Um, and by the way, um, keep an eye out. Because depending on how the Major League Baseball World Series goes, this week's SmackDown may or may not be back on FS1, FS1. again. Yeah. Because right now the series is tied 1-1. Hypothetically, if either team wins the next three games straight tonight, tomorrow, and Wednesday, they could shift SmackDown into Fox. Yeah. To fill the vacated time they had set aside for potential game six of that series Friday night. Right. So keep an eye on that. Um, so watch all the social medias for WWE um, or WWE on Fox because they have a devoted account for WWE on Fox specifically. Yeah. So follow those two Twitter accounts if you if you do. Or that could your, that could be another guys. reason why they why they taped two episodes back to back this past week because, because they, of the World Series they would have known yeah they would have known that it was going to be on FS1 again yeah right. Um, and fast forward by the way the touring schedule. They do go around the Northeast starting uh-huh. uh, the 19th and 20th. They're in Allentown, PA, and State College, PA. The 18th, they're in Hartford for SmackDown. Um, oh, where is that? Oh, that's in the top section of events near me. Yes, they're in Hartford for SmackDown the 18th. I'm probably in, going to be there. They're in my neck of the woods, Albany for Monday Night Raw on the 21st. And that's the week before Survivor Series because they're doing Providence right. that Friday night, the 25th for and SmackDown. And Survivor Series in Boston. And Survivor Series in Boston the next yeah. night on Saturday the 26th. Tickets to go to Survivor Series. Plus Taker's doing his dead man, one man show. The same Boston. night as ISW. And, and this, oh right, so they have SmackDown. Let me get this straight. So SmackDown's live in Providence Friday night. Uh-huh. They have the Undertaker one-man show the same night in Boston. Mm-hmm. And you... Oh, Jesus. I forgot yeah. that was Black Friday. Yeah. Fucking lovely. Yeah. And then guess where they're going to be for Raw the Monday after Survivor Series? New York. To bring the show full circle? The Norfolk Scope! Because <laughs> they can fill the scope unlike another company. And that's how you bring the show full circle. Um, I wanted to talk one little bit about the Saudi show before we got off the WWE train. Sure. Because obviously every time one of the Saudi shows comes up, we get the whole blood money argument 
the whole political thing and i'm not i'm i'm not specifically agreeing with it or just like i how do i put this i understand people's qualms about them doing shows in saudi arabia because of the way certain things in the culture have happened and certain things that have happened politically there i do understand that however most of the time when people complain about it they're virtue signaling and be like, oh, I'm boycotting the show because it's out of your like it's yay. Like you're not doing anything to solve it. And in all honesty, and this is not me defending it in any way. I'm just I just want to play a, a tiny bit of devil's advocate here for a moment. Just a tiny bit. I have a question. Uh, how is them an how is them doing a PLE in Saudi Arabia any different from them doing tours of Iraq in 1993? Iraq was our sworn enemy then. It was a dictator. It was a Muslim dictatorship. And that was when Bret Hart was champion. How is it any different? Got me. Like, it's the Middle East. And the, if you're going to blame one country for its misgivings as far as culture and religion and all that, you've kind of got to do it for all of the countries in the Middle East. You're right. So I don't like. I understand, but at the same time, don't get on a high horse about it. It's just the way I see it. You know, and 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 saying you're not going to watch a, a paid show on on Peacock doesn't. Yay, it's you're not causing any change. <laughs> Two quick things before we go. Number one, despite being moved to FS1, SmackDown was still the number five cable show <laughs> on Friday night. Rampage? 378,000 viewers, number 27 in cable. <laughs> oh, you couldn't beat FS1. Uh, lastly, I'm not sure if there's anything else you want to bring up, but this is the last thing I want to bring up. I have a very nothing. interesting agreement was made. Okay. Yeah! New Year's Day in Japan. Pro Wrestling Noah is having uh, a New Year's Day show in which the great Muda, as he is basically going on his retirement tour, essentially, more or less, right now, is going to go one-on-one -on -one with Shinsuke Nakamura. Yes. Take now, my money. Apparently, uh, details show that Pro Wrestling Noah had Nakamura listed as someone they wanted to bring in immediately after the Great Muda made the decision to go on his retirement tour. Initial discussions between Noah and WWE didn't lead to terms being reached, but Noah was persistent even after Vince McMahon resigned as chairman and CEO. And the agreement was officially reached last Wednesday, the 26th. Yes. Uh, Shin actually was interviewed by Tokyo Sports and said, quote, there were people in WWE who pushed me forward. It's nothing short of a miracle. Of course, I wanted to do it. It was an area that no one had ever stepped into, or rather, I opened a door that no one had been able to pry open. Ha, ha, ha. 
There's your forbidden door, motherfucker. It's a real forbidden door. Uh, the final match, by the way, obviously, as we've already announced previously, uh, Great Muda's persona will be January the 22nd, so three weeks afterwards, in the Great Muda's uh, final bye-bye event, as it's being called in Yokohama, uh, where he's going to team with Sting in a tag match of some sort. Um, but obviously, Shin, that's a, that's a get for them. Yes. Which makes you wonder now. Now, obviously, that, that Hunter's going to get talent whatever he wants to get talent from. Yep. Is there a possibility he could lean more into Noah from now on instead of New Japan because of everything New Japan's been doing recently with, well, doing in loose air quotes with AEW? Yeah. I'm just, uh, hold on, I want to check something here. Oh, fuck. What? I had a thought, but it's not going to happen. Because uh, obviously Muda's retirement show is on January 22nd. The Rumble's right. on the 28th. Well, were you trying to think of... Oh, Muda being a surprise entrant? Yeah, but nah, it's not going to happen. No. Oh, well. Yep. Sorry to kill that. But yeah, I could see, I could see Hunter. I mean, Hunter's worked with Noah in the past. Remember, they sent over, they sent over Kenta a few years ago when Kenta was still under under contract. Right. What was that for again? I forget. It was some one-off event. Yeah, I don't remember. Honestly. But yeah, so I could see that, and like I, you know, obviously, you know, with all the shit happening with New Japan, I could see Hunter working with Noah again. We didn't even bring that up. How New Japan has threatened to strip Carl Anderson of the Never Open Weight title because he's working Crown Jewel. Okay. Were you aware? Um, they put out a press statement a few days ago. I know they put out a release about him missing a show. Hang on, because I have it. Because I saw the headline. I didn't read. Yeah, no, because he's because he's double because he was double booked because he was supposed to defend the Never Open Weight title against Sekaleo. All right, on, on Saturday. All right, so here's the press release that I'm seeing that was actually released today. Oh, new press release, okay. Despite extensive efforts by New Japan to negotiate with Carl Anderson regarding his scheduled match in Osaka at Battle Autumn on November 5th, mm-hmm. New Japan officials have still been met with no response and have been left with no other option but to cancel the planned and never openweight championship match. We apologize to fans who have been looking forward to watching Anderson wrestle after a challenge from Yujiro Takahashi and at the direct request of uh, Hikalau, uh Osaka will now see a non-title special singles match between those two. New Japan holds its champions to the highest standard of professionalism. We deeply apologize for the inconvenience and disappointment caused by this matter. So they backed off on stripping him of the Never Openweight title. They just rescheduled the match. Correct. Wow, that's kind of funny. I mean, especially because like, and this is what I've been, this is what I've been touting to people is this is the problem with having a title designed for people that aren't under contract. You don't put a title on someone that's not under contract. It's kind of fucking simple. You don't, you don't run into this problem then. 
it's it, it, is is it that hard to fathom? Well, look at Impact and how they've been having a rash of putting belts on guys with expiring contracts. Ask them that. True, but that's also expiring contracts, and that's taping ahead. But this has come to like the, since its inception, the entire never open weight fucking division is for up and coming talents that are not exclusively contracted to New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's asking to get fucked. I'm sorry. Because eventually you run into a situation like this and it's like, you, you think the fucking Anderson and Gallows are loyal to anyone but themselves? It's your own damn fault for putting the damn belt on them in the first place. I would have never, ever done it. It's like, oh, you guys are coming in for a couple spots? Good. Yeah, you're just going to work some ex- exhibition shit. I'm not going to put a fucking title on you. No. So it's New Japan's own fault for doing that in the first place. And I mean, granted, I could see where they're like, they're never going to go back to WWE. All they do is motherfuck WWE. But then we get situations like this. Everyone with a pipe dream, though, of, you know, Tamatanga showing up in Saudi and Anderson having to defend the never open way. Get the wake the fuck up. It's not happening. Like, no, that is not happening. Uh, by the way, congratulations to Sheamus who got married over the weekend. Yes, he did. Which is, they 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 said he had an arm injury to keep him off of SmackDown. Put his bridal party in kilts. Yep. God bless everyone. They um, made Miro wear a kilt. Hey. I mean, kilts are comfortable. Not gonna lie. A lot of open air to breathe. That's right. If you're wearing it correctly. Especially if you get a utility kilt and you got the po- all the pockets. Fuck yeah. It's not a, not a dress. It's a kilt. Kilts are fucking great. Mr. Downey, I'm going to ask you to stop blowing the smoke. Sorry. Um, sorry. I don't, I don't know. My brain went to WrestleMania 5 for a second there. <laughs> Anyways. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. I have one thing. Well, uh, go ahead. Sure. Cat's out of the bag. I can finally announce the goddamn match. For uh, uh, Interspecies Wrestling, November to remember. And it shall come to pass. Any of you that are interested in buying tickets for the show, I highly suggest you buy the the tickets so you can get in early for the VIP show. Because during the VIP show, Dissension Pro Wrestling has officially booked our champion Bobby Ocean to defend against HBO High Voltage Omar. His first title defense since our hiatus from COVID will take place in an ISW ring. And to boot, the commentary team for that match will be the great Peter DeLong and myself. Hey, now. Yup. Old JJ back in the commentary booth. Look at you. That's right, baby. Look at you go. So if you plan to go to ISW on Black Friday, spend that extra couple of bucks for the VIP experience. It's well worth it. Also, in the next few weeks, we're going to make some arrangements for uh, the the incomparable Ed Wood to come join us on the show. Even for just a few minutes. Let it be known. I'll not tolerate inebriated people on this show. That's why we're going to do it during the day. Does it usually matter to him? Yes. Okay. Usually doesn't start drinking until nightfall. 
Wait till the moon comes out. Then get wild and crazy. Uh, uh, by the way, did you see his Halloween costume? No. Oh, fuck off. I don't even want to know. They did a Halloween party at the at his local bar that he goes to. He was a giant bag of cocaine with a straw. He was what? He was a giant bag of cocaine with a straw. Was anybody dressed like Tony Khan with him? I I told him. I was like, you should have had like some twink dress up as Tony Khan to join you. Let me see here. I'm going to try to... Was it posted in his profile? Oh, yeah. He posted pictures. All right. Hang on. I'm trying to scroll through here and see if I can find it. He. Oh, dear God almighty. <laughs> Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Oh, God damn it. Oh, never disappoints. Uh, to bring things full circle, by the way, High Voltage Omar was also part of this past weekend's Dynasty Pro Wrestling Reunion show. Um, I unfortunately was not at the show because of a COVID scare in my household. Um, I was a bit out of it early part of this weekend, but obviously you can tell them on the other side of it. Yeah. Um, did not actually test positive for COVID, but... Still out of, you know, this, this, despite not testing positive, it, uh, you know, you still got to make sure you, you know, you prevent a potential spread to 200 other people you don't know. Yeah. You do know we're in, yeah, in close, in, in close quarters. So, exactly. um, didn't have a good turnout, uh, pretty much sold out the joint. So That's everything, good. all the, uh, all the feedback I've heard has been nothing but positive mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. We'll see what happens. I'm um, sure they did much better than a show that's happening this upcoming Saturday. I would say yes. Um, current talks right now are sometime second weekend of January. I don't know. We'll see. Cool. Um, depends on the venue because yeah. I, don't, I don't know what's going on with that. So um, that's that's not my not my problem. <laughs> so yeah. That's. That's not, not part of my job description, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. That all being said, anything else good, sir? I think that's it. All right. That does it for episode 73 of White Heat, presented by Godzilla Media, sponsored by our friends over Mohawk Honda and Johnstone Supply. Don't forget to follow us on social media if you've been watching the video portion of this show. It's the scroll on the bottom of the screen throughout. I'm at Brian Cady. He's at JJ underscore Alexander. Questions, comments, concerns, brian.cady at godzillamedia.com. Think of the monster Godzilla. Take out the D. That's how you spell Godzilla. Godzilla! Why Godzilla? The lizard is back on his fucking hand. Uh, Yeah, that pretty much does it. Enjoy your week of wrestling. Enjoy Crown Jewel this coming Saturday. That does not look like a tongue smacking the microphone. But anyways, um, that just looks so wrong. Um, Yeah. Uh, what is there a name for the lizard? Larry. Larry the lizard. How original. All right. Um, <laughs> you go to jail now. Now he's trying to be ventriloquist. God help us all. Um, all right, Jeff Dunham. I don't know. Say, I'll, I'm, I'm actually not going to give you a lead and just say goodbye however you want to say goodbye. Later, bitches.